Hello, welcome to the second episode of the new series of the Young, Gifted and Sam podcast. We are again supported by the Academy of Live and Recorded Arts, one of the leading conservatoire drama schools in the country, the only school to have a base in the North and in the South. Its alumni stands up to any and is growing all of the time. It has links with Leicester Uni and offers actors the chance to get world-class BA accredited training under their belts. To find out more about the courses, the training and the audition process, visit their website at alra.co.uk. For more information on us, other episodes of our podcasts, which are designed to give actors an insight into the industry, information on what we do and our new film, Incredible Imagination, head to Google, type in Movement and Imagination website and go from there. Or you can get us on Twitter at, at @movementimagine. Last time out, we had Ryan Clayton on. Ryan talked about his journey from drama school training to walking the cobbles as series regular as he now does in his performances Josh in Coronation Street. He offers great advice to actors in training or those looking to get into training. And if you like the sound of all that, then please give him a listen and then give us a five-star review, obviously. This week, we have Evelyn Roberts. Evelyn is a director, writer, actor and producer. She's also one half of the award-winning People's Who Theatre Company. She's just directed Kafka's The Trial. She's currently starring in Hope Mill's all-female production of Romeo and Juliet as Tybalt. She's also co-producing the show. She's a busy woman who three or so years after graduating from the PG course at Alvin North already has a really long, impressive, varied spotlight CV. Like Ryan, she talks about the importance of training, how valuable it is to make your own work, the challenges that she and the rest of the Romeo and Juliet team have had in putting on this all-female production of one of Shakespeare's most loved plays and why exactly they're doing it. You can follow her award-winning theatre company on Twitter at WeArePeopleZoo or get her directly at Evelyn Robots. Romeo and Juliet is at Hope Mill Theatre from Monday the 25th of June until Friday the 29th of June. Tickets are available at hopemilltheatre.co.uk. And finally, that is all done. We hope you enjoy the episode and remember to give us a five-star review and give us a five-star rating. Thank you. We started recording today, me and Evelyn were talking about Hope Mill Theatre's all-female cast of Romeo and Juliet, which is starting in about two weeks. Evelyn is playing Tybalt in that play, as well as help producing it. Um, if we talk a bit first about the producing side of it and how the idea of an all-female cast came along and, and sort of how's it all going, I suppose. Okay, cool. Um, so I'll start by saying I'm co-producing with Hannah Ellis, okay. uh, Hannah Ellis Ryan, um, who is an actor and producer, um, managing director of Play With Fire. Um, and I have known of her work for a long time since they produced Orphans. And then uh, I was aware that Hannah and Kaylee Hawkins, who's directing Romeo and Juliet, were running some... Uh, sort of casual one-off um workshops uh, exploring all female Shakespeare so I emailed and was like yep yeah, get me in purely sort of from an, an actor's perspective because Shakespeare's one of those things that you get to do in drama school and then you're lucky if you get to, to you know go back to it once you're working yeah um it's one of those luxuries so I was like yeah a workshop will be great um and after taking part in, in one of the workshops, Hannah approached me and, and basically said, you know, we want to do Romeo and Juliet. Um, I have a feeling it's going to be a pretty big project and would you be interested in co-producing with me? So the answer was yes. Yeah. Um, and the reason that we were sort of all interested in it, first and foremost, is that 
sort of in our experience casting the shows that we make so that Han- the shows that Hannah makes with Play With Fire and the shows that I make with People Zoo we are always inundated with like brilliant female actors okay. always and and the last the last show that well you know the last couple of shows the so I'm thinking Edward Gant you know there was one female part to three male parts and it was so frustrating because I could have I could have cast that that one role eight times over like I had eight actresses that were so good and I just couldn't I just couldn't cast them so we wanted to kind of do this project where we knew we could have you know tens of women in the space and it'd be okay and and Shakespeare made sense because there's loads of characters for a start but also because with it being traditionally all male it's the kind of play that people can buy into and accept you know okay it's all female no big deal let's let's just enjoy the characters in the show yeah um so that's kind of where where we came at it from also Shakespeare's great so why not no, I think you're absolutely right in saying that it's a shame that once you come out of drama school, it's hard to sort of to do good Shakespeare work. Do you mm. know a lot of it? Yeah, th- well, there's not so much on the independent level. No. Um, or at least there could be more. Definitely. You know, uh, we know Queen Face Loons. They're they're excellent at you know creating opportunities for actors to work with Shakespeare. Um, and then you've got the Royal Exchanges having plenty of Shakespeare productions but yeah. you know it's not getting cast in a Royal Exchange production is not necessarily an option for a lot of people yeah. um so it just felt like there was there was this gap at sort of this middle level mm-hmm. of independent theatre where we go okay let's actually let's start making some so yeah, yeah there was an opening I think with the app sort of point of view from it obviously you're playing Tybalt how is it going with two weeks to go oh god it's uh it's actually a really intimidating character to play because it'd be very easy to play him very one-dimensional. Yeah. Um, I will say, yeah, it is a he. Tibble is a he. Um, with this production, there is this option for actors to make up their own minds about the gender of their characters. So we're okay. not changing pronouns or anything. You know, when people talk about Tibble, it will be he did this. Okay. Um, but if if in my mind I was like, do you know what, actually, I'm going to play Tibble as a woman, I had the option, but right. I was like, no, he's a man. Because okay. for me, there's that element of like toxic masculinity that you can really kind of delve into yeah. with him. Um, the, main, the main challenge really is that I've got so much fighting to learn, which is great, because um, the show, I was in a show in February um, called Day On, mm-hmm. Um, which featured loads of sword fighting, loads of combat, but I didn't get to do any of it. <laughs> so I, I was sort of just sat there watching, going, I want a sword. Um, and now it's happened. So that's really cool. Um, <laughs> but I mean, four weeks, and we're, we're rehearsing part time, really. We're only doing four days a week. Um, Good challenge. Yeah, and it's a cast of 16. Um, so actually, in terms of contact time, you don't get as much time with Kaylee or with Caitlin our fight director or with mm-hmm. Tilda um so you there is a lot of I guess I'd call it self-study like you know we have you have to go away and make sure that you're practicing your combat fights yeah, yeah. by yourself so yeah it's a lot to do in yeah. four weeks but halfway through I'm feeling all right about it yeah That's good.
you talked then about you having to go away and do your sort of homework um, on it because of the contact time is maybe not as big as you want it to be. Um, it never is though, is it? Uh, yeah, every rehearsal process that I've ever been involved with, I'm just like, oh, one more week, you yeah, know? Yeah, it's always one more week. Yeah, yeah, like when we did, because we did the trial in two weeks yeah. um, when we were rehearsing it and I, the actors did an, an amazing job with two weeks rehearsal, but it was one of those, I was like, oh, another week, we could have gone even further with it, but yeah. But then when you do like the actual showing, it's still, is it not still like, okay, we'll do it then? even though it's what rehearse yeah yeah deve- yeah I mean there's always that element and I guess then it just comes down to how long the run is yeah like the luxury would be that you get like a decent couple of months that are run so you can still like develop and stuff. progress but it, it is what it is when when you can only afford to kind of book a venue for a week that's the reality then that's it? what you've got you've got I guess six performances in total because there's one matinee. So that's it's this Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, six, yeah, yeah. It's okay. It's an okay amount. Though, yeah, like a week's a week, isn't it's, it? Yeah, exactly. But I think it's one of those for me. I have to remind myself to really enjoy it mm-hmm. um, from the start because yeah. it's over so quickly and you can so easily get bogged down and going getting stressed yeah well. getting stressed and be like I have to learn the lines I have to get everything right. And um, you do, by the way. You do have to learn the lines. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I do. It will happen. I'm, I'm actually. Tybalt's not a speaker, he's a fighter. That's it's all great. good. Yeah. Well, I fail stage combat, so I wouldn't play Tybalt. <laughs> and I'm also bad at learning. I don't think I'll be in it. <laughs> um, in terms of then, just moving on slightly, um, in terms of your journey since leaving Aura, you left Aura maybe like four years ago? Three I years don't know. Ago? Was it Christmas 2015? So what's that? Three and a half. Three and a half. What's three and a half? Fine. Three and a half. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and that was on the post grad course, obviously. Yeah. Since leaving, then, um, you know, you, as well as many acting roles, you've been directing, you've been producing, you've mm. been making brand new pieces of work, you've been writing. Um, sort of as an ex hour grad who's now a three and a bit years out, do you think that's an important thing to do? Try as many different things as possible. Do you think it helps with? longevity and understanding the industry or or is it just something you'd like to have a look at um i would say if i hadn't really taken people's reproductions seriously with matt holt and mm-hmm. and said okay let's make some work i genuinely don't know if i would still be if i would still be calling myself an actor and if i would be where i am now okay um because it's so easy to being an actor is so hard and when you're just sat around waiting for stuff to happen it is the re- you feel really powerless a lot of the time it's yeah. very easy to feel powerless and I always think you know you can it can be a real downward spiral because sort of depression can often be this feeling of not having control so for me creating my own work it was just this sort of clawing back a little bit control over what can be a very like powerless position to be in mm-hmm. um and in terms of like the ver like the varied roles that I've done a lot of the time it's been through necessity yeah so like at the end of the day when when me and Matt sit down and commit to writing a production of the trial and we have a venue booked and we have a deadline I'm going to be dramaturg for that because Matt needs a dramaturg and we've got like a matter of weeks to do yeah. it um and the same with if i don't produce then it you know it doesn't get produced um so there's that element of you don't have a choice sometimes but what's nice is with the directing recently i have been in the position where i can just do it 
through choice. So um, when I was invited to direct the show, that was really nice because that was doing a role that I had been invited to do rather than having to do yeah. through necessity. So that was really cool. Um, and it can help, I think, in terms of like longevity and, and surviving in this industry and becoming a better actor, it's really useful to know, understand and have an appreciation of all the different roles behind the scenes that go into making a show. Because mm -hmm. it's very easy to you know, learn your lines, turn up to rehearsal and be like, I've done my job amazing and then go home and and get frustrated if your costume's not perfect yeah, or yeah, yeah. if if the tech takes quite a long time because it guaranteed when the actors go home at five o'clock the production team have meetings late into the night they are driving around trying to source props and costumes and negotiate uh, they're managing guest lists they're doing press invites so it's really useful to have that sort of breadth of knowledge and appreciate all the different roles that make up a production team so you're not this arrogant actor who thinks that the world revolves around you because it's a team effort and it's yeah, very easy yeah it's very easy like not to not to see the work that goes on when you're not in the rehearsal room but it is going on and um it just makes you a little bit more humble and patient which is is a virtue Definitely. So, yeah you talked a little bit then about desperation being uh, depression, sorry, maybe in that environment when you're not in control. Of things. Yeah. A, a routine sort of laid down for when you're when you're not in work on those days when there is ma literally maybe nothing on. Mm. Do you have anything like that, a routine or anything at all, that helps you in those quiet times? No, I think I cope with the quiet times by just booking myself in to do work. Do okay. you know what I mean? Um, I I'm also not like was disciplined my self-discipline is not great okay. so you know the idea of going okay well I'm gonna get up every day at eight and go to the gym yeah, yeah, yeah. and then I'm gonna write some emails and then I'm going to do a workshop and <laughs> uh I I love the idea of it I'm not very good at that myself okay <laughs> but if it's something that if it's something that you know you're capable of it I think it's a really good thing to do because you're making sure you're getting up out of bed and you're making sure that even though you're not in a production you're still working on your craft yeah, yeah. I think it's it's so easy and I, I mean it happened to me straight out because I think it was a good 10 months before I, I turned to Matt and was like okay after graduating mm -hmm. before I turned to Matt and was like mate we need to make some work. <laughs> Fucking hell, we need to make it yeah, quickly, yeah, exactly. You know, I was like, because so that that first year out of drama school was really interesting, um, and even just getting back into the rehearsal room, being like, oh my god, my fitness levels have plummeted. Yeah, oh and you know, the luxury of having limber every day at drama school, mm -hmm. and then suddenly being in a room where you're like, I've got to touch my toes now. Oh my god, it's really so. In that respect, looking after yourself and making sure that you're still if you get that audition, you're mm -hmm. ready to go, that's really important. Yeah. Okay. Um, in terms of then, you said it was 10 months since you left Dara until you were like, let's get things going again, give or take. Yeah. Um, when you go and you work now and those experiences, what things from our training is stuff do you still draw on, if anything? There's definitely, there's definitely stuff I draw on. Mainly <laughs> <laughs> <It's>, paper. <laughs> No, that that 15 months was like so important. I remember before I went to drama school because I, I 
I did a law degree before and mm. I was working like office jobs in finance. Um, and I spoke to a friend and I was like, I'm going to drama school to do a master's. And they did question. They were like, why, why are you going? Why don't you just start like looking for little jobs and learning that way? And I was like, there's a, there's a confidence thing about it. Um, to have that like solid training behind me was really important to me uh, in terms of going pre- deciding that I'm going to be an actor and present myself to the world as that like I wanted the foundation of of a good solid time training yeah. I mean ideally I would have loved three years it, just financially and when you're like t- I think I was 24 when I decided you know you think oh god in three years I'm gonna be 27 um yeah. so it, that was always a an element um in terms of specifics I vocally using my voice every day at drama school reminded me because I, I used to sing when I was younger I used to do opera oh wow yeah and then dropped that because you don't think it's cool when you're like 17 no. but I should have because opera's awesome um <laughs> but using that sort of routine of using your voice and warming up yeah. is invaluable um and I've always I still love animal studies I still love it I, know, I honestly most most plays I do most characters I'm like okay let's think about yeah, I've been animal. watching documentaries for weeks now. <laughs> yeah, it's for a character, not yeah, for fun. But ob- they obviously, are fun. yeah, it would be sharks to me if I could just watch a documentary. Okay. I haven't found a character that's a shark yet. Uh, we'll see though. There's yeah, time. Maybe. There's time. Um, no, I, I, and and Larbin and, and loads of loads of, rather than kind of, going, I'm going to do a session on Larbin today because I actually always feel like a lot of movement workshops are so much more enjoyable when there's a you're in a room of people and the standards or at least from my experience you very rarely in a rehearsal process actually get the opportunity to have a good session of like the seven states of tension or um laban or animal studies so it's they they but they all inform what i do Mm -hmm. um and also, you don't, you know, when someone brings it up in a rehearsal process, you don't feel like an idiot because you're like, well, I know what Laban is. I've, I've yeah. trained in it. Um, so, yeah, I, I think the 15 months have just all really informed how, well, like I, I, it's hard to think what, no, what my experiences would be like without the 15 months. I think I'd feel like a fish out of water a lot of the time without that without that training I think it's a it's, it's a good point how you said it because I think I'm the same I think it's more you've done the training now you did 50 months I was did three years but it's still the same training it's still condensed into the same time mm. and it's more like you take all those things and they are a part of you and you carry on applying them when you can yeah as opposed to just being like I'm an actor who only does animal studies I'm an actor who only does yeah. Stanislavski it's more a combination of everything mm. and you sort of become as your own your own technique I guess in yeah. a way Is and it it's interesting because different directors will will also work in different ways yeah. that maybe Stanislavski technique isn't going to suit one director but then another it that's exactly their yeah. point of reference so to have that breadth of knowledge is really useful and then also there's the lovely element of going okay I really miss Larbin I'm going to do a workshop on it oh, yeah. and and having those opportunities so I you know I've, I've had clowning workshops since then I've done puppetry workshops since then I've done Larbin workshops since then I've done one with you yeah where you took it exactly yeah, yeah. um which is and you know that's another thing like being on the other side of things 
in terms of your question earlier about um, what does being director producer, what, how does that inform longevity? Like, it's really and, and leading workshops as well. It, it it's interesting actually how not being the actor in the room can improve you as an actor. Mm-hmm. So like in casting, it it just teaches you what to do and not to do in casting when you when you are going in for casting yeah. without having to sit there and it be really like obvious there's little things that you it would be really hard to teach but you go okay um so yeah there's that wider appreciation for everything which is good okay cool and um so obviously now yeah, where drama schools are because they're main people listen to this podcast apart from like i get all my friends and my mum listen to it obviously <laughs> but the main people are people who are at drama school really mm-hmm. so obviously in drama school timelines now third years are all graduating pgs are just starting their sort of professional experience where they mm. put their shows on or they do their show reel scenes or whatever have you got sort of any advice you'd give them as someone who's who's done that and been out in the industry for three and a bit years um so as a pg um i feel like i can relate a little bit more closely to the experience yeah. i uh so I think it might change. It might have changed, but the value of inviting people to your shows is it's invaluable, basically. And I remember because our our first public show, I think we did a a, a community tour, mm-hmm. um, was sort of earlier on in the process. I didn't invite anyone to it, and then and I had a killer part in it because <laughs> um, we was playing Catherine in. Um, Mother Courage, I and remember. it was so good. It's my, fa- it's one of one of my favorite parts today. I love Catherine, um, and they didn't invite anyone because it was just early on before we'd actually done the contextual stuff, which was like how to write to agents, how to write to casting directors. Um, so yeah, do do try and make those industry contacts and do email people. It's surprising how willing the industry, especially in Manchester, is in and willing to help. Yeah. Um, which is great. Uh, in terms of graduating, so I guess you're either going to graduate with an agent or without an agent. And there's advice for both of those people. Yeah. Um, without an agent, it is not the be-all and end-all. It simply isn't. No. Um, Ryan Clayton is, is a perfect example for me of how hard work, perseverance and professionalism for you know a good a good year Definitely. without an agent it, it was so clear how how hard working he was and how diligent and how passionate he was and it's all worked out wonderfully for him and he deserves it because i you know i got to see him once he graduated work his ass off and that that's enough you can get work without an agent it really isn't it isn't gonna make or break your career and then conversely my advice for people with agents is please don't think that agents are gonna make it for you (laughs) um so it's very it's very easy if you get an agent off the back to just sit back and go ah they've they've got me they'll be they'll be working for me and they will be but some of those early jobs can easily be from yourself and I remember a lot of the work that I got upon graduation was through my own sort of applying to jobs speaking to people making sure i'm on the right facebook groups making sure i'm checking out casting call pro every day Mm -hmm. um it's 
being proactive isn't yeah i really i i really kind of sing the praises of anyone who who gets on with it because you can i people can do so well without agents if you're talented and hardworking and professional you know it's yeah, great i 100 I agree and um just before we let you go then um when and where can we see Romeo and Juliet? So Romeo and Juliet has, is happening at Hope Mill Theatre uh, from Monday the 25th of June um, until Friday the 29th of June. Okay. And, and there is a matinee on the Thursday the 28th as well. Cool. Well, we'll make sure we put all that in the bio as well as where people can get People Zoo and yourself on social media and things like that. Cool. Um, yeah, thanks very much. Cheers. Thanks, Tom.